Blog Talk Radio. Welcome, welcome, welcome. Welcome to our first episode of the new year. Happy New Year. Um, I'm going to talk about something that seems to be going around and growing. Um, We're going to talk about depression. Who do you talk to? We're living in a time and traveling through uncharted territories with influences of social media 
and people or quote unquote friends that we don't know, haven't seen, and probably will never meet in reality. Yet we allow their opinions to carry so much weight. And when they don't like, agree, or unfollow us, we feel inadequate, less than who we really are, or even more invalid than the reason that we got on in the first place. And here we are to today's topic. Now you're depressed. Those friends and followers, and now they're nowhere to be found. You're no longer trending or popping. Who do you turn to? Who hand could you really grab? Whose shirt can you tug on and say, hey, I need to talk? Well, we all need those people. Those people that really care. If you don't know anyone before you harm yourself, try anyone. So without further ado, let's get right to it. Welcome. Good evening. Good evening. How are you? Good. Hey, how are you doing? I'm good. Happy New Year to you. We're going to talk about... Happy New Year. We're going to talk about this current state, I guess, of depression that we're finding so many people are falling into. It's it's seems like suicide is at an alarming rate right now. It um, is, especially for a young one. Yes. And I'm I'm partially blaming social media. Uh, I don't know if that's fair or not, but it plays a huge part. Right. I can't, I mean, I don't know if social media carries all the blame. Um, Of course, I think it's kind of a mixture. Um, I do think that social media is definitely a huge part of the problem. Because, you know, um, I, I think that when it, when it comes to our children and they're out here in their own social media, they can't distinguish what's real and what's not. And so when you're sitting, you know, at the dinner table or you're sitting in your room and you don't have anything to do, you're scrolling. And what you see, you see people who say, you know, um, in a hospital, pray for me. You see people who, you know, who some people may be talking about how well they are doing, or this happened, that happened, this happened. Some people are, are down in the dumps. And these children, you know, children don't know how to take in all of these emotions via social media. So what do they do? They bottle what they read up and don't talk to anybody about it to try and understand why it is things are the way they are. And before you know it, they think that the the solution is to take their own life. You know, you read and you see other children taking their own lives. You know, you see people, you see cowards and bullies on social media. You see people who will post something um, but won't say it to your face. You know, you see people who, who will say stuff like, you know, go die 
you know, or something like that, and it's taken literal. But these are the types of things that you know, affecting our children, not even children, not just children, affecting adults. Absolutely. You know, it's it's very sad, you know, and, and as parents, we we want our kids to, you know, I guess be with the times, or we're supposed to grow with the times, but the times we're growing with aren't conducive to healthy living. But it's popular. So how is it that we're going to show our kids, like, no, nah, this ain't really the the route to go, you know what I mean? But all my friends are doing it. That's the challenge that we have with our kids. You know, it's one of those things where we talked about it before, something as simple as, you know, when you leave out this house, you represent yourself and your family. So you need to look for, you know, jeans and a nice shirt. Um, but everybody else is wearing sandals, basketball shorts, and hoodies. And so it's one of those things where we really have to reinvent ourselves as parents um, to teach our children how to be leaders. I like to think. You know, back at back in our day, you know, we were almost like natural born leaders because most of us, or most of the people that I know, or um, let me rephrase that, a good bit of people I know aren't followers. They don't need to do what others do. They're not necessarily trendsetters, but they 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 do their own thing and are very comfortable in doing so without needing someone to comment or validate them. Um, nowadays, as parents, we have to, like our parents and teachers, that, to be quite honest, I just, you know, it may have just been the time that we were living in. But nowadays, we have to actually teach our children. Say, look, you weren't born to fit in. You were born to stand out. That's why right. you're not comfortable you know, that's why you're not comfortable in certain situations that other people are comfortable in, you know, because you weren't born to be in that circle. You were born to be outside of the circle or even be, you know, in the middle of it where everybody's looking in on you and you're looking out at them. You weren't born to be in that same crowd. You know, you were born to be the the doctor and them the patients or, you know what I'm saying, the business owner and them the employees. Um so we have to teach them that, and it starts at a very young age. Because truth be told, if you if you miss if you miss those tender years to teach these um, sorts of things, then then you know you're, you're always going to be backpedaling to to help them catch up. And while society is becoming a more um, digital and, and social networking type of, of world as as the Bible says, like there's nothing new under the sun. So at some point 
you know, we're gonna we're gonna come back to the age like just like skinny jeans, just like you know, I mean, cross colors have that back, but just like the fads and the fashion trends that came in when we were growing up, afros are back. You know, beards were once in, and then they were out, and now they're back. You know, so it's it's that sort of thing. We have to teach. As, as my husband would say, we have to teach our children how to be the constant, not the trend. I, I, I agree. 100%. It's... Mm, man, it's, it's, just, it's just difficult. It's difficult because you know, you, you don't want... You want them to, to have the friends that you want them, but you got to show them that if you can't hug them, they're not your friend. You know what I mean? Meaning, if you if you if you can't touch them for real, physically touch them, then they're not your friend. They can't be a friend. Truthfully, if y'all haven't gone through anything, then y'all not friends. Because in the time that I was raised, you know, those friends you had, those best friends were the ones you fought. You had to go through something in order to become a friend. Not click a button. So you wonder why, you know, you're not uh, feeling fulfilled with one friend. You you need millions of millions of followers. You know, you gotta stay on top because that one friend. I'm sorry, those millions of friends don't equal to one real, physical, live friend. But then you have to understand that, the, this, 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 you know, that, that the term friend is used so loosely. Mm-hmm. Like, they, they don't they don't really know The true you know I mean? value of friendship. Mm-hmm. So they don't know the true value of friendship. You know, if I'm gonna call you my friend or my brother or my sister, that means at twelve o'clock at night when I'm asleep, but you got something heavy on your heart, you can pick up the phone and call me. And and that means that that if I've classified you at that, then my phone, even though it don't do not disturb, my phone is gonna ring for you. You see what I'm mm-hmm. saying? Like that that's the category for me that a friend or a brother or sister fit in. You know. Yeah, and then you sit and, and you talk about Facebook friends, Facebook friends, like I don't know you. I don't know half the people I'm friends with on Facebook. And don't and truth be told, don't care to know them. Don't care to see what they post because I don't care how you You know, my only goal and the only reason that I'm even, you know, attempting to learn and be you know, interacting with social media is to build my business. Um, and even that has, you know, limitations. So it's kind of one of those things where you, you, it, it goes into knowing who you are before you even get involved in it. And I think, you know, part of the problem is, especially with our children, our young ones, we, we let them get cell phones at 8 and 9 and, and we don't have any restrictions 
And so they're on their phone and they're looking at YouTube and they're doing all these different things on their phone and we're never looking at their phone. We're never checking it. And they own social media and they own Snapchat and they're seeing all this stuff. They're taking in all this information and have no idea how to process it, but they're afraid to talk to the parents because it, you know, it's one of those things where, oh, I don't know if I'm supposed to be doing this, so I just have to say that. I'm going to go ahead and keep it, you know, and trying to hide it. And and sometimes as parents, you know, we brush it off. Excuse my language, but we do. We brush it off. And it's like, you know, your child comes in and, and he's not smiling or his normal self and say, well, how was your day? And if they say, okay, you know, sometimes you, you may be like, well, okay, you know, and, and leave him be. Or well, he just needs time to accept him before you do it, you know. He didn't commit a suicide. Um I thank God that my blessing and my curse is, is the fact that I ask 20 questions. I, I'm going to ask you the same question 20 different times. And if you give me the same answer 20 different ways, you know, we good, then we good. You know, but it, that's just how I am. I'm going to dig until you're going to finally get tired of me saying, let me go ahead and tell her because she can get off my back. Um, but I ask those questions, and I think as parents that, you know, you can never get to a place where you ask your child too many questions. Or your loved one, friend, brothers, you know, stop. You know, if you come home and, and, and your face is, is somber, I already know something wrong. You know, and it's it's one of a couple of things that I can troubleshoot and figure it out, you know. But it's one of those things where I'm in tune with you enough to even know that you're off. Mm-hmm. You know, well, and, and because you said, you said something very important, and that's uh, crying. You know, everybody want their kid to have you know uh, privacy, <laughs> but privacy just because your door is locked don't mean that you have privacy because you're still putting everything online. So you getting involved in asking questions, you're not prying, you're concerned, you're involved. Just so in the event that you do tell me what's wrong, we can navigate and mitigate through things together. Because as I said in the intro, this is uncharted territory. Because this this social media is, is new age. Mhm. And, and I mean, truth be told, you know, and you're not. I'm not gonna get everything, you know, but I'm gonna make sure that I try. You know what I'm saying? Because it, I won't be knocked for the lack of trying. Cause I'm, I'm a try. You know, I'm trying to figure out what's wrong. I'm trying to, you know, and and at some point, even if the boys had a bad day, you know, um, like today he's just in the car, and I'm like, ooh, how's your day? Oh, you know. And I can tell it, it it just beat them down. What's wrong? Oh, and um, come to find out the workout that they had in, in health class or gym is, you know, it was it was on them. You know, you've been out of school on this on this break and you ain't done nothing. So now this workout is it got your body, you know. So, but there again, um, I see you. And I'm asking you, it's not a situation. I mean, I think that I'm fortunate enough to be able to have a job where I work from home where I can pick, pick our kids up from school and see their face um, as soon as they come home from school versus 
you know, they get out of school at four o'clock and, and we don't get home till six or seven and you know, by the time we eat dinner nobody wants to say anything to each other. So don't get me wrong, I understand that they're working moms and dads that that are not there immediately and so the conversation um kinda happened later and by that time you and I both know the child, the child has actually forgotten about certain things that happened in that day because they pushed it to the back of their mind. Um, so, but again, for me, it's just to be able to to do that. I think it's a plus, and I think that that that's um, going to help us, you know, in the long run because it gets our children used to having these conversations as soon as they get out of school to where if they're stressed as soon as they get out and I can't pick them up, then they're picking up the phone and calling. You see what I mean? Right. Um, Just to have that open relationship, you know, just to have that open relationship where they know nothing can, you know, everything can be said. Everything can be talked about. Right. I think that's the difference with, with nowadays, uh, versus the older days because um, we were able to ask, we had people around that we can ask questions. Nowadays, it seems like everyone is too busy to answer and ask questions. And so now that nobody, everybody's on their devices, no one knows how to ask a question. You know what I mean? So now we have removed ourselves from communicating person to person, face to face. And so obviously there's no dialogue. Right. I remember we we was on vacation one time and saw this family at the table, everybody on their devices. And the waiter come up asked the kid, the boy, what did he want to drink? And he didn't even look up. He looked over at his mom and told her what to tell the waiter. And at that moment, I was like, nah, that will not be us. Like, no devices at the table. We're going to communicate and continue and hold true to the art of Communication or conversation. But that's when it was very noticeable to me of the direction we were going. And now, you know, in my business, to see older kids that don't know how to communicate is scary. And it's even more scarier to where the parents don't foster communication. So if you don't teach me how to communicate, or we're not going to talk about communicating, then how am I going to communicate when there's a problem? Right. How how are you going to know when I'm depressed? How are you going to know when when I'm feeling down or I'm feeling like the world is, is on my shoulders? Like, you, you know, they're not going to know. They're not going to know. And the, and the parents are too busy not being involved or working two jobs to provide, or whatever the case may be. 
to now you left to uh, your device. No pun intended. Hold that thought. We're going to introduce uh, Pastor to the line and uh, a good friend of mine, Enrique. He he joined us. Uh, so welcome, brothers. Welcome to the line. Thanks for having me. <clears throat> good evening. Good evening. Good evening. So we're talking about uh, essentially depression. You know, when we got something on our minds or on our hearts, uh, and nine times out of ten, we get it from outside sources, social media or whatever's going on in school. Who who do you talk to? And we were just saying how uh, we're not fostering communicating between person to person anymore. You know what I mean? We leave everything uh, to text message. In fact, we're not even picking up the phone to talk. Is all via text message or posting on whatever uh, social media network platform. Excuse me. So that's what we're talking about to catch you brothers up. Okay. <clears throat> yeah, I, I, I kind of caught some of it early when you were talking about you know parents having jobs and working and you know not having time for kids. Man, that's you know that that's kind of how I grew up. And um, not having my mom in the house, she's working three jobs, and and kind of having to deal with issues at home and taking care of my younger brothers, and not really having time to worry about you know things that I'm going through because I had to grow up real fast. So um, I think it's important that we teach our kids something. What we're teaching our kids that hey, you know, no matter how many hours I'm, I'm away or how many days I'm away from home, it, it's important for me to call back. And check and see how your day was. It's important for my wife to call back and see how important the kids' days, you know, win or whatever, man. So it's always important, you know, regardless of how, how long of a day you might have had or how much traveling you do. It's always important to call and just just get a, 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 a catch up on how your kids' day went, man. Because it's important to keep that communication going. Mhm. And I think, too, like, um, even, you know, back in our day when we were growing up, like, I, my, my granny was home all the time. So, um, but, you know, even still, we didn't have um, contact to what we have, you know, with now. Because now, the kids, like, nobody has a house on anymore. Everybody has cell phones and their smartphones. So... The unfortunate part is, is by the time our child or by the time we pick up and talk to our child, you know, Facebook and Instagram, they've been able to post whatever their day was about on Facebook and Instagram and and may not be, you know, may not want to have a conversation with you. That's the unfortunate part. You know, when we were going home or we got off the bus, you went in the house. You locked the door, you didn't open the door, you didn't answer the phone until your grandma or your mom got home. That's just what it was. Because if you answer the phone and somebody figured out you was home by yourself, then you was in trouble. Um, or something like that. You had specific rules that you could not do. And we were smart enough to follow. We, you know, you may have tried 
to, to skate a little bit, but, you know, your tail got caught. You wouldn't try it anymore. So it's just now everybody has access to our children through these social media platforms um, so that any time missed on catching up on a day or, you know, is, is precious time. I agree. Well, I agree. I agree big time. But we, I think we're fighting the uphill battle because, like I said, you know, you want you want your kids to live and, and without the restrictions. But I think um, before we allow them to you do that, it. we got to have right. that level of maturation. You know That's what right. I mean? Just because you can get on and set up an account don't mean you're mature enough to handle the content of that platform. That's right. That's right. And I mm-hmm. think that's what yeah. we fall in short because you got you got it, but the stuff you said is draining you. I mean, mm-hmm. you waste time and minutes of your life being drained because nobody is saying anything positive. Ain't nothing positive being passed around. You know, you got 13-year-old doctors and lawyers and what have you, and nobody's sharing that. But the moment somebody gets shot, beat up, stabbed, or what have you, or go to jail, everybody's sharing that and passing it. Yep. And it can be for stupid shit. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, and to piggyback on what my man said, like, you know, my daughter's seven, my son is three, so they're still relatively young, but my daughter knows all about Instagram and this and that, but she, she knows about that through her friends, but we don't have that. We don't have Instagram, my wife and I. We don't, we don't do none of that stuff. We try to emphasize, put devices away when we're eating dinner, you know. Let's, let's, mm-hmm. let's have family time. Let's talk, you know, and, and, and try to take them out and see what what people who are, you know, not as fortunate as, as 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 she is, you know, because you know, my wife and I we do well for ourselves, but she just to show her how fortunate she is, you know, versus other kids who may not be as fortunate. And so mm-hmm. and, and just to realize that it's more than life than just being on a phone or an iPad or 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 watching YouTube or whatever it is. You know, we, we stress we stress spirituality in our house, we stress, you know, knowing about Christ and we stress Knowing about serving others, and and you know these devices and and TVs and stuff like that. My kids, we don't even we don't they don't even look at devices during the week during school week. They only pick them up on on Saturdays and Sundays. So they're very limited, mm-hmm. and, and we want to keep it that way. And, and we try to limit ourselves on our devices ourselves just to show them that it's more than social media. It's more than text messages. Yeah, when you want to talk to somebody, it's more than just text message. Pick up a phone and call somebody. So. I think those mm-hmm. are the key values that we need to kind of, kind of push. Mm-hmm. I, I agree. And and one of the things mm-hmm. that, you know, uh, we, you know, when we, when you was in, we were talking, it's, I think, uh, we, we have to, we have to go back. Let's, okay. Let's back up a little bit. And, you have social media. Everybody on social media have, you know, the, the latest and greatest and the, and the hottest and tightest and the poppinest and the longest and all this nonsense. But it's being viewed by the kids who, who want it but don't have it, nor have the means to get it. 
you know, through his family. So he either turned to selling drugs or he get depressed. Now he's seeing everybody go to jail around him. So his little brother thinks that, okay, everybody go to prison. So I'm going to be a basketball player after I get out of prison. These are the things that we're we're facing in our community because nobody is removing the problems, and the problem is the lack of communication. Can we agree? I told you. Yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah, I agree. The lack of communication, education, I mean, you know, I mean, all of it. It's just the, the lack all around. Um, yeah, that's a shame. You, you, you got big plans, but you think you got to go to prison before you can, before you can execute those plans. The unfortunate part is um, not everybody who goes into prison makes it out. Yeah. I, I agree. <laughs> Yeah. yeah, I mean, even even if they they make it out, you know, and and then they they figure out life on the outside is is harder to live than life on the inside. So they they start doing stupid stuff and and go right back in there simply because they they've never been taught how to function. You know, that's the unfortunate part. So those are the stories that for people who have been to prison or people who you know who live life long enough and seen enough examples of it can to know a little bit about it. Those are the stories that we need to be having with this kid and say, look, you know, one, you don't you go to prison when you do when you break the law and um you know, that's you know, that's optional. Prison is an option. It's not, you know, something that's mandatory inevitable. Right. It's it's an option. You know, if you choose to break the law then then yes, these that that's what could happen to you. Um, but the but the brighter side is you, you can go play basketball whenever you get ready and not even you know you not even go to prison. <laughs> Live a life free yeah. and clear and happy. Yeah, so so I shared with Q Saturday, man, like every year I go to school, um, Huey Elementary and read to these kids. Um it, it's it's a low poverty area. And, you know, kids up to, like, 6th, 7th, 8th grade, you know, we go read to them every year. And, and like I was telling him, like, every year it's, it's a handful of kids, maybe five, six, seven kids that come that, you know, I read to or whatever, that, that have mm-hmm. one outfit that they they use on a daily basis. That's all they have, but one or two outfits, that's all they have. And so these kids every year, man, it's, it's so sad and so touching because every year these kids, their mentality, their mentality is we got to go to prison before we accomplish our goals. And it's because their brothers, their dads, their uncles, sisters, everybody in their family or anybody they're connected with go to prison. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. and that's their mentality growing up. And, and they can't read because their dad or, or parent or mom or whatever is in prison or working or whatever. So, you know, these kids, their only meal is at school. So it's 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 so much it's so much we so much work we gotta do, man. These these kids 
they're dying before they're even born. They're, they're dying before they even get to second and third grade because all they see, all they know is what they see. Right. It's just so painful. It's just so painful, man. Just seeing these kids and 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 like I was telling Q, man, like like the smell because they don't have running water. Their water's cut off. Their power's cut off. And the only meal they have is at school. And 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 to accomplish their their dreams and their mindset is we got to go to prison. That's 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 how all my family did it. That, that's what we have to do. It, it's just painful. It's it's a painful thing for me. You see. Yeah, goodness. Well, it's um, it, it's sad, and 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 we we got to break that cycle. So, um, so bro, I'm real proud, man, that you you know you take the time to go back and help out, and even uh, proud that you shared that with me on Saturday, uh, and and thankful. Uh, and we're we're going to take part and help you out in that mission, man, because we got to give them a fighting chance. We got to give them a fighting chance. Yeah. Yeah, we have to, man. I mean, it's just, it's sad, man. I mean, just just hearing the stories, man, and these kids, like I told Q, man, 80% of the kids live in a hotel or, or in a car. And you know, fifteen percent of the kids, like their staff, the the, the principals and teachers, have to go pick the kids up because they don't they don't have a means to get to school or back home. It's just it's just so bad. Man. It, it is bad. So gotta do something, man. And we we try to donate donate as much you know money and clothes and stuff like that as we can, man. But there's only so much. You know, we can do, but we try to do as much as we can. Well, real quick, um, we're going we're gonna to put the number out there for um, the suicide or depression hotline, man, so that somebody can call before they decide to harm themselves or even attempt to harm themselves. And that number is 1-800-273-8255. That's one 800 Seven two three eight two five five, and that's for veterans and civilians. So before you harm yourself, call this number. Talk to somebody. Period. Now, I believe that we have to disconnect and reconnect. And by disconnecting and reconnecting, I mean we need to disconnect from from all these platforms and reconnect with humanity, with 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 physical interaction. Meaning, going back like Rika and and bringing to the kids or being an example for the kids and showing them that no, you don't have to go to prison in order to fulfill your dreams and goals. You see them with no running water, you know, no clean clothes. Maybe wash the clothes or what have you, donate uniforms. Something can be done to change at least one, to reach at least one. Mm-hmm. We got to do that. Yeah. So, I mean, and just, 
just just showing them, you know, as somebody that looked like them, their skin color, you know, that, that has a career, you know, don't don't have to go to prison, don't have to shoot basketball, don't have to sell drugs. Somebody who, you know, looked like them that that, that actually doing well and, and can do it, can, can, you know, you, you could be some other than, uh, you know, drug dealer. You could be some other than a basketball player. You could be some other than a football player. You know, just stressing them how important education is, stressing them how important reading is. And, and you know, some of the, one of the kids I, I talked to, you know, I was asking him, I was like, so um, what he, he was saying that he don't know math that well. And he's like in the sixth grade or whatever. And I was like, so when you become, what do you want to do when you grow up? He's like, well, I want to play basketball. And I said, okay, cool. I was like, well, you know, number one, a lot of people don't make make it to the league, but you know, I'm going to be supportive in our conversation that okay, you do make it to the league, but you don't know math. So how are you going to be able to count your money? Like, who are you going to trust to to keep up with your money? He's like, well, you know, I you know, I just know that you know I have enough money to buy whatever, whatever. I'm like, but you going to go through life being able to trust somebody and not know how to count your own money. And so these are the values and foundational stuff that we need to teach these kids. It's, yeah, you may want to play basketball. You may want to be an entertainer or whatever. But you need to know the foundational stuff like reading and, and, and knowing math and stuff like that. And and I think that, you know, some of the teachers, I'm going to be honest with you, some of the teachers now, they're tired. They're tired because they're having to teach and babysit, you know, because the parents are out doing what they want to do. So, you know, and, 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 and like she was saying, a lot of the teachers are having to spend their own money to help with the kids in the classroom. So it's it's a lot that goes on to this goes into this stuff, man. Well, mm-hmm. that's very true. And and I was I was telling my wife that, you know, we don't have nowadays what we had in the past. Meaning, you know, the teachers that we have nowadays are just here. They're overpaid babysitters that's underpaid to teach. The teachers that we had back then, I don't know if they really cared about getting paid versus being able to give back to the kids. You know what I mean? So, and that's even with law enforcement. The cops now are like the cops then. You know, the cops then was talking to you and interacting with you. The cops now is shooting and then, you know, hiding evidence and asking questions later. So, I think the shift in 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 the people uh, is was much different. Uh, so we definitely got to get back to that older and truer time where it was more about humanity versus you know decimals and commas, meaning money. You know, I was having a conversation with my my wife and her sister, and. Uh, you know, that's the very same conversation was the fact that now, nowadays, like you said, you're right. Back in the day, we had teachers and law enforcement, pastors. We had, you know, all these different types of people that we can talk to and, and kind of help steer in the right direction. You know, a whole village is raising kids. Everybody got together and kind of, if you did something wrong, oh, I'm, I'm going to beat you and I'm going to tell your parents. You know, that type of mentality was, was back then. Nowadays, you got. 35-year-old grandmas that missing out on life because, you know, they're having a babysit. They want to go party, too, so you don't have that. You don't have that like you used to have anymore. 
Mm-hmm. Well, that's that's the difference. You mentioned pastors and preachers, and we go uh, we introduced them earlier, but we're gonna let them chime in and, and give us some biblical to support what we already saying. Pastors? Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Yeah. Um, <laughs> welcome to the jungle. Welcome um, to the jungle. Man, you know, every, everything you guys are, are talking about is is just spot on as far as I'm concerned. And it is. It's, um, it's heartbreaking. Um, and but I, I'm I'm of the belief that you know it can be you know somewhat changed. It may never be eliminated, but I believe that it can be changed by what the brother was just saying, you know, just reading to a kid, listening to a kid, because I don't know the actual, um, I guess you would say clinical definition of depression, but for me personally, um, you know, and what I do and what I've experienced, you know, over these last 20 20 plus years of, you know, ministry is that depression is kind of like a, it's a byproduct of lack. There's something missing somewhere, and when something is missing, then depression usually is going to set in, and if depression exists long enough, then that's where, you know, suicide steps in. But, you know, um, one of you guys mentioned about the community. You know, we we don't have that, um, unfortunately, any longer, because there was a time when we had one message. I mean, if you went to school, home, church, in the community, the barbershop, everybody would give you truth. It may be given in a different light, but it, they would give you the same truth. And now you're not hearing that. You know, teachers, for instance, and preachers, um, you know, instead of, you know, people used to do this because it was a calling from God, and now it's just a job. You know, teachers make, you know, as far as I'm concerned, they don't make enough. My wife is a teacher, but uh, it's become a job and it's not a calling because. When it's a calling, I promise you, uh, you um, spend more time uh, teaching that kid than you do teaching that lesson. There's no need to giving them a lesson if they don't have food at home, you know. So you got to get to know that kid, you know. And uh, the lack that I'm talking about, you know, just by not having a father in the house, by not having a mother there, and I don't mean just um, to down the men or the women. It's possible that they could be in the house, but are they fulfilling their responsibilities? And from where, from my viewpoint, one of the issues is um, we've gotten away from the standards of God. You know, rarely do you see uh, – it's rare to see a, um, um, a household with a, with a mother, a father, and children. You know, usually you see a single parent, you know, raising the children, and, and it can be done. I was raised by – a single mother, I understand that, but that's not how God intended. We've gotten away from God's standards, and so because of that, you know, we don't have Sunday dinner. We don't sit at the table, say our blessing before we eat, and say, how are you doing? And look in, you know, her eyes or his eyes, and you can tell, okay, something's wrong. We we don't do that anymore. We don't have a family doctor anymore. You know, everybody's, you know, go see whoever they want to see. You know, so we've, we've We've gotten away from the unity. We've gotten away from the love. You know, there's no leadership in the kids' lives. Uh, there's nobody that encouraged them. You know, I have a 12-year-old daughter. 
has got to be, in my estimation, the worst basketball player I have ever seen in my life. And then when I say the worst, I mean the worst. But she's not trying to be a superstar. She just loves being out there with the other girls, you know, and things like that. But even whenever she's out there, when the game is over, I grab her and I hug her, and my wife and I will laugh with her and tell her, you know what, well, I'm going to tell you what, I want to thank you because we ain't even got to wash your uniform today. Where do you want to go and eat? She's had 12 games this year, I think, and scored two points. But you would think that those two points were – well, won an NBA championship. We took her out to eat. We bought her something special, you know, just to let her know we love you. We're here for you. We won't miss one of her games, even though we know she's going to play horrible. We're not going to miss it. So guess what? Every kid needs that. It doesn't have to be basketball. It could just showing up at my school for lunch, making sure that I have lunch. You know, kids need to be encouraged. You know, kids are going out now, and they they have no vision. They have a dream. But the vision is different than a dream, you know. With the dream, you want it, but the vision shows you how to go and obtain it. And nobody's mm-hmm. telling them you can be anything, you can have it, you can you can make it. I'm going to help you. I'm going to purchase some books. I'm going to make sure that you know. In order to do this now, you got to have good grades. You got to be behavior's got to be on point and things of that nature. So we've gotten away, as far as I'm concerned. Um, away from the standards of God. And it's not the kid's uh, problem. You know what I mean? It's, it's, they're not, they didn't cause this. You know, we caused this, I guess you would say. But I still believe that we can, in our own way, um, make a difference. You know, this brother going and reading, that makes, man, that makes all the difference in the world. You know, uh, Q sitting down and educating some of the kids about, you know, different things. That makes all the difference in the world. Mrs. Q uh, doing things that it matters, you guys. So um, I'm glad we got that line out there where somebody can call if they're thinking about, you know, suicide or harming themselves in any way. But, you know, um, when are we going to get out there? I mean, I'm talking about and do some some real work. I mean, really get out there and, you know, if there's not a mother in that child's life, you know what, let's let's mother them as best we can. Let's father them as best we can. You know, it, it's, it's going to take some work. And believe it or not, we're privileged. We are some blessed people, man. And so if we use what we got and everybody reaches out for just one person, um, I don't know, that's one less we have to bury. And I'll be honest with you guys, I, I'm tired of burying depressed people. I believe depression is killing people more than disease because I believe depression mm-hmm. really is a disease. And to be honest with you, here's the scary part. I'm getting depressed by trying to <laughs> help folk that really are depressed because I don't feel like I'm making a difference. So this thing is mm. this is big, this is major, and I deal with it on a regular basis. I mean, I, I deal with it, I mean, just about every single day. And, again, it rubs off on you. It's, uh, you start so, to lose your edge. So, so Pastor, so I'm hearing you say yep. essentially depression is, is, is like a virus. Contagious. Yes, sir. Okay. I can, I can dig that. Yes, sir. And I think yes, that sir. And, and also, you know, fed upness can lead to uh, depression 
because it also have the same symptoms of withdrawal and all this. So if our teachers are getting fed up with lack of pay and more work, we have to do something right. to help them out because they're the second most influential people in our kids' life. Well, yes, that's 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 a definite a definite fact. They need prayer, they need support, they need resources. Uh they're putting in and I'm talking about the ones that's trying to do it right. They're putting in, you know, 12 to 14 hour days easy. And then when they get home, you know, they got their own family, but they're still, um, you know, taking phone calls, emails, text messages, doing things. I've seen them take from their own house and, you know, pack up a little bag just to put in that kid's book backpack so that they'll have something to eat. I mean, it's um, it's hard. But, but you know, again, uh, you know, are you teaching because that's your job or is that your calling? And, you know, God places people in your life for a reason. And we got to make sure that, um, you know, we, we fulfill our obligation to them. And, again, you may not feel like you're doing anything, but reading to a kid, uh, it's the attention that matters more than anything. You know, um, talking to them about, okay, I do want to be an NBA player, but, okay, how are you in math? Okay, and that that makes that kid think. And I'm telling you, it really, really, really um, makes a difference. And one more thing, and I'll, I'll let you guys have this thing, but uh, to be honest with you, one of the downfalls and one of the pitfalls of, uh, of the kids, at least that I deal with, it always points back to either TV, social media, music, or, you know, lack in the household because – uh, these kids are given these things, the ones that can afford it, they're given these things to replace the parent that's not there. And mm-hmm. they're going on there. I got a, th- got a kid right now that, um, and I'm just going to be real with you on here, we're dealing with them. They caught them in the bathroom, in the women's bathroom, um, you know, with each other, girl and the guy. They punished them, and, but the parents, you know, punished them for like a week and then, Everything was back to normal. Well, now uh, they've got the cell phones back, and they've got the, uh, videos of them, you know, um, engaging in a sexual act, you know. And now the parent is saying, well, no, I'm not going to take the phone. That's not going to do any good. I'm just going to talk to them. And see, chastisement is, 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 is part of this thing too, you know. But the parent don't want to deal with it because it's embarrassing to me. And um so social media, TV, I'm telling you, it it matters. It when they sit here and they see that, you know, the United States is bombing Iran and Iran is bombing the United States, that depresses them because they don't think they have any hope. You know, so you know, you, made, you to, made two points. You made two points in there that I want to touch on before I forget because you know, uh, you you know, you're talking about um, embarrassment and. And we're not going to chastise them or take the phones or that's the form of punishment. No, right. I don't care what society say. You need to beat that ass. I'm not saying abuse, but I'm saying you need to let them know that what they're doing is unacceptable and there's consequences because it, the, the world will teach you consequences, especially if you haven't learned them at home and you're going to be in for a rude awakening. Two, Social media and and music and all this is what 
not necessarily rem- notifies you. It lets you know that you're lacking. Because some of us was poor growing up, but we didn't know we were poor, right? Until we became an adult and had, you know, a couple of dollars left after groceries. But social media is going to remind you that, well, you know, if you ain't got, if you can't show me, you know, $1,500 bills or a few stacks of money, piles of money, yeah. then. So I think that it, it all ties hand in hand with you know, social media dictating and telling you to do all this because they probably seen people recording their personal acts, sexual, whatever, and posting it online. So this is where they're getting this idea from. Right, right. Yeah, it's it's a it's a it's a it's a real issue. I mean it really is. And I applaud the brother for saying, you know what, um I don't allow my kids to, to, to watch TV until a certain time or whatever. Now, that's his household. He has to do what works for, um, you know, for him. But I really applaud him, you know, for, for taking a stance like that because most parents, you know, th- there is no chastisement anymore. And biblically speaking, the Bible said even the Lord chastens those that he loves. So if God chastises us, we need to chastise our children. Now, do it in love, not abuse, and you define what chastisement is. If that means, you know, taking them to the woodshed, then if, that, if that's what your kid needs, then you give them that. Uh, some parents believe in timeout. I don't – timeout don't help my kids. I got three hard-head boys and a girl, you know. Timeout don't, don't help them, you know. So I got to make sure that I punish them in a manner where they can learn their lesson. You know, and mm-hmm. won't go back and repeat it. So you define what chastisement is, but the Bible says that God even chastens those that He loves. So to not chastise them, I mean, listen, you send a kid to their room now, and they got Xbox in there, they got PlayStation in there, they got a fifty-five inch TV in there, they got a stereo in there, they got their cell phone, their laptop. I wouldn't mind going to a room like that. You know, Kid, I so come you're out. not really punishing. <laughs> yeah, it's a dorm room basically, but you know, right. um, it it is an issue, and these the kids need they need help. They need parenting. They need, um, and and I'm not talking about formulating a plan in the next year and all. I'm talking about they need help right now, tonight, right now. No, no delay. Well, you know, also, you know, to to Enrique's point, even with them being on on the weekend, they're still, mm-hmm. uh, you know, watching YouTube. Like, is it? It's not pure anymore. It's not simple anymore. You know, you having them watch a, a a video about a game, and you may have just a game. You may have a guy run across naked. You know. And this is for these kids. So your their their intentions are pure, but the people who are posting or what have you may not. Do you know what I mean? So we gotta protect them even even more and like you said, limit limit them and force them to engage in conversation. Like Miss Quick said, you you got to foster communication. So that way, when something is wrong, they are willing to come and talk to you. They know how 
to come and talk to you. They know that they can come and talk to you. Yeah, I, I, I think that's I think that's very, very, very important. And you know, my wife and I I guess I'm old school, my wife and I. You know, we 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 use counseling, we go to counseling. And initially I was thinking counseling was a bad thing. You wanna go there when you're about to break up or whatever, but we use counseling as a way to communicate with each other, you know, or a way to help us parent our kids. And and I'm, I'm going to be honest with you, a large part of the problem that we have nowadays is the fact that we don't talk about Christ enough. We don't talk to our kids about Christ. And that's that's very important in our household to talk about God, talk about, you know, what it means to serve God, because it's our responsibility as parents to to, to lead our kids in that direction. We're... Mm-hmm. We're running, we're running the risk of, of 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 not being blessed ourselves if we don't do what we're supposed to do as parents. And mm-hmm. you know, it's very important for us to um to let our kids know that, you know, hey, I love you, but you know, I love God more and you need to love God more. You need to know who God is. But at the same time, you need to know that you, you can come to me anytime and talk to me about anything. It's important to know that you should come to me when things are wrong, because if you hide things, you're lying. I can't help you when you get in trouble. You know, you need to come to me and talk to me when, when, you know, if there's an issue at school. You know, even if even if it ain't a problem in your eyes, just come to me and tell me. Come to me and talk to my wife and I, so we'll know. You know, just in case something come up in the in the, in the future, we'll know. Okay, well, this happened. Just have an open line mm-hmm. of communication and have that relationship with your kids, your your son, your daughter. Every year, my daughter and I, we go to for a date night or just think that if they have a take particular every year just to show her that hey when, when you get to a certain point your brother or man whatever whoever you date at whatever point you get to he needs to open the door you know he needs to pull your chair out he needs to do this the way I show the way I treat your mom that's the way you should be treated growing up you know these are the important things that our kids need to see and, and, and we don't have enough of that we don't have enough of that going on you lead by example, and I applaud that because I tell, I say that often. I am the first example. I am who you will see be a man. I'm your first hero, you know, and I, and that can be a good thing, and it can be a bad thing. But I'm gonna show you all the good that I know, and even the bad that I show you, I must also teach you the right way. Just because I do it this way don't mean you should do it. Sometimes I get in the truck and don't put my seatbelt on. But I tell my son, hey, you need to put your seatbelt on. Well, Daddy, you don't have your seatbelt on. I know, son. I'm I'm old. I'm a shoulder hurt, and I can't reach over there right now. That's what it is. So even in that, you give explanation. Like you said, you tell her. You know, if a man gets to a point, and Pastor even said this uh, some shows ago, a man going to at least do this because this is what you're accustomed to. If he's not doing this, you tell that joker to keep it moving. Yep. Yep. So, I, I, you know, I, I thank you, brothers. And, and, and the Miss Quick can tell you, you know, uh, I may be a little unpolished on the outside, but I still open the door for her. You know, yeah, man, those are important, man. These, I can't, I can't stress the importance of 
of talking about God enough, man. And you know, I, I do it at work. I I do it when I'm talking to these kids, and just to show them that yeah, you, you got a young brother who's an engineer, you know, who, who's doing well for himself. That you know, mom was hard on me, and you know, I was supposed to play basketball in college, but my mom said no. You need, you're going to school for engineering, so let's focus on that. You know, you can you can do it. You can do it, but you got to have support. And they need support. They need that support. However they can get it, they got to have that support, man. They do. And I'm glad that you're reminding them that God is the source, man, of of, of all this. You know, you wouldn't be where you was, or I wouldn't be where I'm at, and everybody else on this line, if it wasn't for God. Period. Yeah, and I, I always tell them, I always tell them the story, you know. <clears throat> so when I was in college, um, you know, I, I was making good grades in one of my class, doing really well. And then the final exam came, and I had an A going into the final exam. <clears throat> and I, I just knew I, I, I kicked the, the exam or whatever. So when it came time to get our grades, I, I didn't get my grades from that class. And so um, I'm like, what's going on? And I get this letter that said that I'm being summoned to court. I'm like, what? So, yeah, so I'm like, okay, I don't know what this is about, but I better go ahead and get prepared and bring my test, bring my, you know, homework and everything. So, bottom line, long story short, the white professor said I was cheating off a white boy's uh, test or whatever. Got to court, showed them all my exams, all my um, notes, and I guess he was saying that I, I wrote a G instead of a 9. I wrote my 9 like a G. And so they saw where on all my old tests, all my homework, I wrote it like that. And it was like, sir, this guy didn't cheat. Why him? And I was like, well, look at his nine. And it was like, sir, look at all his old tests. Look at all his homework. And he couldn't say anything. They, so he automatically assumed that a black kid from a single-parent household was cheating up this white kid who he had a relationship with, with where his parents were you know, giving back to the school. And so I, I tell these kids, like, man, God got you, man. When you have a relationship with God, nobody can't do anything with you, man. You, you got to have a relationship. Once you establish that relationship with God and, and you know you're doing right, can't nobody, can't nobody do anything with you. And so I, I use that example, man, just to show people that, man, things don't happen in this world, but if you have a relationship with God, you're good. Uh-oh. Pastor, where you at now? I know you smiling over there. Yeah, hi, man. I'm good to pass the offering plate for that brother preaching, man. <laughs> <laughs> He's telling it just the way. You know, we tried, honestly. You know, there was a time, and I'm not trying to down any race. I'm not, really, I'm not. I'm speaking from personal experience. But there was a time where if it was, if there was a black household, um, God was going to be in the midst of it. You nothing else. You wasn't. You wasn't going to play with God. You were going to say your prayers. You didn't use God's name the wrong way. And it seems like now that you know the, um, you know the newer we get, if you will, it's like God is being taken out of everything. We don't fear Him. We don't serve Him. We don't talk about Him. You know, man. Listen, um, I want to share a story like like my brother did. Um, we were walking through the mall today, my son and I, and uh, going to get a haircut. Q, can you imagine that? But anyway, walking through today, and uh, 
as we got out of the shop, we were walking through, and just to my right, I saw a shirt, and it said, Virginity Rocks. And my son saw that, and uh, I said, boy, I said, I tell you what, I said, I've never seen anything like that. I said, I'm shocked to see it. In this mall, somebody saying that it's okay to be a virgin. And um, my son said, yeah. He said, uh, I like that shirt. I said, well, um, I bet you won't wear it. You know, just, I'm just messing with him. And uh, he reminded me, he said, you know, Dad, when we were little, and they, and I did do this, I took him and his older brother, and I sat him down and said, man, listen, you know, y'all some good-looking brothers and women out there, and, and we had our talk, you know, and all of that, and I would add to it as much as I can or when the opportunity presented itself, you know. Uh, I'd tell them, you know, this is what's going to happen to your body in the morning time. Listen, I, I got to be real with them. There's no need of me toying around with this, but this is the way God made you. Okay, but now there's a time to use this, and there's a time not to. And so I told him, I said, I want you to, you don't understand why I'm asking you this, but I want you to promise me that, you know, that you'll go to college and get you an education if that's God's will for your life. And I want you to promise me that you'll be a virgin until you get married. That's what I asked those boys. I said, if you can give me something, give me that. I said, because I don't want you to ruin anybody's life because I grew up without a father in the house, and I don't want you to grow up and not be able to take care of your kids and be there with them and blah, blah, blah. So they both promised me. Now, one's graduated college. He's been out for this is his third year, and the other one is a junior in college. The junior was with me, and uh, so I just asked him, you know, I said, man, can you uh, wear that shirt? And he said, not only can I wear it, he said, you know what, it's time for me to make a stance. He said, let's go in here. So we went in, got the shirt. And the guy told us that, you know, the guy that made the shirt or come up with the shirt, that he may have done it just to make money or whatever. Um, he said, but I don't believe there's very many versions out there. My son said, look, said I'm 20, and I'll be 21 in March, and I'm still a virgin. He said, I'm not ashamed of it. I said, you will not wear that shirt. I'm shocked by it, but I'm rejoicing on the inside. And so when my wife got home today, he had that shirt on, and – Y'all, you know, I can say whatever, whatever, whatever I want to, but, you know, try to take credit for it. But the truth of the matter is it did not hit home with him until I told him that it was against God to do that. When I explained to them that, you know, God's word said don't do this. God's word said don't do that. This is the repercussions of it. They took that to heart, and they had a healthy fear of God. And it's kept them away from, to this point now, I can't say what may happen tonight or tomorrow. It's kept them away from sex and drugs and um, things of that nature. And so, y'all, I'm telling you, when you implement God in anything, uh, it can and will make a difference. And we don't talk about that. We, we, it's, not, it's not popular. It's not cool. We'd rather talk about, you know, um, everything else that's going on in the world. But... Man, we got to get God back in our lives and back in our families and conversations. I really, really, yeah, that's what we got to do. Man, I listen. I can't already done uh, brought my kids. I done proposed to them. Hey, going and you know, let's maintain it. I need you to at least maintain through school, and when you graduate, I got you. But it is very important that God stays 
actively in conversation in, in the house because repetition brings on retention, which means that the more you, you talk about it, they'll retain that and they'll remember that, you know, and you be real with them. Listen, all this shit that y'all see here, ain't none of this me. This is all God. All God. And he's the only one that can take it from us because he's the only he the one who gave it to us. Period. I would like to think I had a part in it. I just did what he told me to do. That's that's it. I just followed directions. Which means that if y'all don't follow directions, you know. But anyhow, it is it is great that you guys are promoting God the way that you do. In in a relationship. Not only teaching them to believe in God, but teaching them to know God. That's very important as well. Because if you don't teach them to know God, somebody else is going to teach them who or tell them their version of God. And they may not line up with your version of God. So make sure we add that to it as well, brothers. Ms. Quick, you still with us? What's your thoughts? <laughs> oh man, I'm still here. I, I agree. Um, you know, you gotta, you gotta train them up and start while they're young. You know, just to teach them. I mean, these kids be running me crazy around here, and I yell out at any time. Oh Lord, help me! <laughs> so a three-year-old is like, "Can I say that?" Yes, you can. Ask them. I said, "Cause you need help right now before you get your butt popped." But. I mean, it's just stuff like that that, you know, um, that, I mean, I do, and then that way they come to know, you know, whenever they need help. They can call on the Lord, you know, so, um, yeah, we do that and make sure they, you know, like their food and say their prayers at night and, you know, um, just live and, and we're teaching them how to live and just treat people right. And then even when... You know, we're talking about, um, Enrique was talking about the the daughters and sons opening, you know, boys or men opening the door and, and treating them to a meal and different things. You know, I think we've done that to the extreme. Shoot, mine, he go to the movie every weekend. You know, I give him some money to go to the movie and I'm asking for change, trying to figure out which, you know, the money on. Well, I pay for her movie. I ain't can't you to pay for her. You know, he's like, well, that's what I was trying to do. You know, so I'm like, sure, you get your own job to pay for her. Um, but, again, you know, that's just the, the fruits of our labor being shown. It's, it's one of those things where, you know, we we know that what we're pouring in is coming out. He's retaining it. And, um, you know, so it's it's good when they get to an age where you can see, you know, the fruits of your labor. You know, and then at the, at the younger ages, um, you know, you just got to be consistent with what you do, consistent in the conversations about God and, and knowing um, how to answer questions when they come up and engaging in different conversations, again, to make them comfortable to be able to, to talk to you, you know. Like, like, Pastor asked this time, like, I straight up asked, did any inappropriate activity happen? Anything we need to talk about? You know, um, and it, yeah, it makes him uncomfortable, but he answered my question. 
and and I believe that you know your family is true. So that if you know if there's something that we need to do, we can go ahead and do. You know what I'm saying? So it's just I mean it's all of it, all of it. You know, Pastor, something just came to me. Uh, I want I want some of those shirts, man, and myself and the staff will wear them. You know, uh, just so that even if they was thinking about it, because social media is telling them that that's the cool thing to do, we're gonna show them that reality. It's it's not, you know. And maybe we can kind of talk them off that ledge. So, um, yeah. yeah, you and I get together after the call. If not tonight, definitely tomorrow. So um, we can get a couple of those, few of those shirts ordered. Um, yeah. So we're gonna we're gonna support this this movement. Well, man, listen. Whatever we can do to to. Um... You know, by him wearing the shirt, uh, you know, I don't know what's going to happen, but he told me, you know, he's going to wear it back down on campus when he gets there. Uh, I asked him to wear it to church on Sunday. He said, no problem. You know, because some kid needs to know that you don't have to lie and, and, and feel bad because you're not sexually active. It's okay. Somebody's got to stand up and break that cycle. Somebody, you know, has to do that. Somebody has to let him know. You know, it's okay. These little girls out here, you know, every little girl, in my opinion, they're beautiful. Just They're just little queens to me. They're a princess. But, you know, some of them are starting a date. Others can't get a date. Okay, well, the thing about it is if every man uh, would take their daughter, okay, my daughter don't have to go and get a date. She's got one. I take her out. And we go to nice restaurants. Yes, we do, too. I make sure that I take her out. So guess what? She can't say I don't get to go anywhere or anything, anything like that. So if we would just spend time with them, she won't get depressed by knowing that the other girls are going out and she's not. Uh, you know, she's not able to do this, that, and the other. She's not depressed because I'm, uh, I'm able to feel that void, you know, that's missing. And when we start filling the voids, guys, when we start saying, okay, what's missing with that kid? Okay, whatever, wherever that void is, let's find somehow, some way to fill it in a godlike manner. And uh, depression, the only, the, the only answer to darkness is light. And depression light, is yeah. a dark thing. And so whenever yeah. you provide that light, man, I'm telling you, it has to go. So hearing Miss Quick say what she's saying, Quick hearing you talk about, hey, man, I'm going to rock that shirt. Uh, hearing this brother saying, listen, I'm going to do this and I'm going to do that. And, uh, man, I'm telling you, we can we can make a dent in it. And, you know, who, who's to say we may save a life? We may save I agree. a life. Because in, in reality, man, I mean, some of the kids got a reason to be depressed with all they're going through. My God. You know, and with, with depression, we can't ridicule this kid for making a mistake, for, for making an error. But having a lapse in judgment or whatever they may go through, you know, we still need the support. And I think that's where a lot of our suicide may come in because I made a mistake. Now you make me feel some kind of way about it versus right. correcting me, redirecting me, and we moving on. Don't continue to beat me over the head with my mistake. 
Yeah, I, I, I agree with you. I mean, re- repetition is a lot, and and we we have to lead by example. And 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 I tell you two quick things, and I, I'm gonna walk phone. But um, the first thing is, you know, being in college, being in the fraternity, and you know, being you know playing sports or whatever. You know, I. You know, I had girlfriends, I had people, you know, I dated and stuff like that. And, and, and it dawned on me that, you know, my, my family is, you know, we were raised up, you know, as Christians and, and stuff like that. And, and so I, I realized that, you know, after graduating and getting getting in my career, whatever, I realized I was like, well, me sleeping around or me, you know, being sexually um, active, and, and not being married, um, it it wasn't. I wasn't happy about that. I wasn't happy about that. And I prayed. I prayed to God that, you know, I want to find somebody who who wanted to wait until marriage. And 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 I promise you, when I prayed that prayer, a month later, He sent me my wife. My wife was a virgin, and you know, we waited until we got married to to be that way. And so I'm just saying that because. The repetition that we follow and we try to live by, you know, these are some of the same values that we we teach our kids, and you know, just showing them that you know when when you're troubled, when things aren't going your way, you go to God, and you pray, and it 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 dawned on me that my daughter she was paying attention to us praying and and you know when things didn't go our way, we we pray, we get on our knees and we pray or whatever, and just I think around two years old, just. Going in the room with her and just getting ready to say my prayers, she started saying the prayer. I'm like, mm-hmm. man, she's two years old. She's she's saying the prayer, so she's picking mm-hmm. up the things and just going through life, right. man, and just realizing when she when she get on punishment, she'll run out to the basement. And she'll say a quick prayer, and just just wow. so she knows she know when when things ain't going in her favor, she know to turn to God, and that's very important to us. That's very very important. Very important. Very important. You know, don't hang up just yet. Because I want to piggyback, man, and you say that, but my three-year-old, he said his prayers every night. Not wow. with assistance, <laughs> not with help. He is going in well, and at the end, said, who are you going to bless? He called off everybody's name in the house. And my two-year-old wow. is mimicking him. He's not getting Yo, words. He's man. got the sounds and the syllables just yeah. like that. And it's Pretty like, wow. man... <laughs> So to hear that, I know for a fact that it is something to see. My, my, my older son, he had everybody in the circle holding hands, praying, and this kid couldn't even tie his shoe. Like long prayers. Like I'm telling him, like that's enough, that's enough. But he was like, no, daddy, you need some more prayer. And he kept praying. So this that is very important to make sure that they have a relationship with God to make sure that they know that they can turn to God. And another thing, Rick, we get ready to go mobile, and we're going to uh, find a way to support that school that you were talking about. We will try to make it our business to go out there once a month to cut those kids' hair at no charge. And for the teachers who are lacking in resources, we're going to start giving uh, 50% off for their services uh, when they come to Q's Traditional Cuts. So that's our way of being able to give back, and you and I will get together so we can get okay. some contact information for uh, Huey Elementary in Atlanta, Georgia. Appreciate that, man. Appreciate that. 
Wow. You ain't in it, you ain't in it by yourself, brother. Um, <laughs> like I said, social media had to tell these kids that they're poor. I ain't have social media back in the day to tell me I was poor. You know what I mean? So That's I right. was happy and rich without having a thing. But we was healthy. Like you said, we, 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 we didn't know we were poor. We didn't know we were poor. Right. So, <laughs> but God God maintained it and God had us and he kept us and and now we got him, you know? So, um, we can't say that he's been the constant from, for me, all 40 years, even though, you know, I guess I tried to run, but I couldn't get very far without him. Yeah. Yeah. Those, those virginity rock shirts, man. That, that's pretty cool, man. That's that's pretty cool. Yeah, I've never seen anything like it. And um, you know, uh, man, I, all I can say is I just thank God, man. I thank God. But when we display this thing to wear, and I'm not talking about just a t-shirt, but when we display our love, when we give of ourselves and our time, when we pray, and then the kids. You know, I was I was the biggest Prince fan back in the day. I knew everything there was to know to hear me tell him about Prince. And then one of the, the lyrics to one of his songs years ago, he said that kids just imitate the atmosphere. And, uh, you know, Prince is not a prophet, anything like that. But that was truth right there. So whenever Q puts forth some effort to do something, then guess what? His kids will follow up. But guess what? If yep. it turns up. If Q turns up for forty ounce every two hours, guess what those kids will do? So you know we we got to understand that we're teaching even when we don't think we're teaching. You know God made us to be the light of the world, and again, uh, when you're a light, you can't be hidden. So they watch you, and don't they don't know what's right and what's wrong, but they love you enough to know if Daddy can do it or if Daddy is doing it. That's what I'm supposed to do. So we have an awesome responsibility. Having a having a child is uh, more than an honor. It's a responsibility, man, and we got to start seeing it as that. And, uh, so I'm I'm blessed by being on here tonight to hear what you guys are doing, man. That's awesome. Well, it's I'm I'm excited, man, because I know that with if, if everybody put forth just a little bit of effort, man, just it can make a difference in everybody. You know what I mean? And I know that, that God is going to guide our steps. He's going to direct us and show us who we, you know, need to pour into. Who, well, me personally, I like to plant seeds at everybody, you know, and at some point, get it grows up to him to water it and, and shed the light on it. I'll just throw it out there. Um, of course, that's probably the reason why I've never grown anything. But anyhow, uh, <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's 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 just a mission, man. We we got to go out and and start and show. Even in that city, you show, you open the door for, uh, you pull out, you speak words of life into them, and and that can be that seed, you know. So we got to do something to change the course that we're going down. And like I said, it's uncharted territory, but we got to make it happen. Well, y'all know what time it is. I got excited. I think it's time for us to go to work. Uh, man, you don't go anywhere until after you go to prison. 
It's all like we got our work cut out for us, ladies and gentlemen. But we can do it with, with God, our source. Um, so I guess if everybody hearts and mind clear, if we don't have anything else, we can go ahead and, and pray this thing out, man, so we can go to work because it's time to work. <laughs> so, Miss Quick, is your heart and mind clear? Yep. Happy anniversary, and I love you, and thank you. Pastor, my brother, is your heart and mind clear? Yes, sir. No doubt about it. My heart and mind clear. Pastor, I love you, and I thank you for your support. Uh, <laughs> my coworker, let's, let's go to work, man. Pray us out, please. Yes, sir. No doubt about it. Lord, we thank you now for <clears throat> what we're able to cover tonight. We thank you, God, for the the content. We thank you for uh, all the comments. We thank you, God, for even the burden, God, because if you don't have a burden for it, then that means you just simply don't care. So I'm thankful for that, God, but I believe that for every problem there is a solution, and that solution starts with you. But, God, truth be told, we're your hands, we're your legs, we're your feet, you work through us. So, God, thank you for placing that urgency within us. Thank you for using um, the brother to, uh, to teach us and tell us how he's reading to children and, in essence, adopted a, a school. Thank you so much for um, quick being able to just say, you know what, I I can support that. I can get with that. I can do something to help out. Thank you for Miss Quick just just giving us that point of view that we don't even think about sometimes. Thank you that she's willing to share her own personal testimony, God, to let us know um, the real deal from the female perspective. And then, God, thank you even for just a simple T-shirt that can be used to send a positive message, regardless of whether the owner meant it for that or not. So I thank you for all of it. I just pray, God, that all of us can join together and we can reach out and Anybody that's depressed, anybody that's anxious about anything, we pray for them right now. We pray, God, that they will get the help that they need through the the number that was given, or even, Lord God, connect them with somebody that will let them know that life is still worth living. Also put somebody in their life that can uh, encourage them, motivate them, and let them know that they're loved and appreciated and that they do have a bright future. Lord, for the young man that's going to wear that T-shirt, I pray blessings on his life, God, that uh, he can be proud of the fact of who he is and the decision that he's made. And I pray, God, that it would just touch somebody's heart to say, if he can do it, I can do it. Thank you for this call. Thank you for this ministry. Thank you, God, from uh, uh, streets to the pulpit. Thank you so much for it. Keep everybody strong. And, God, like you said, it's time to go to work. We love you, Lord. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. 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 One more time, we're going to give you that national hotline number for suicide prevention for vets and civilians. That's 1-800-273-8255. That's 1-800-273-8255. This concludes tonight's episode of From the Streets to the Pulpit. I am host, the number one, Mr. Quick, my co-host, Pastor Robinson and Ms. Quick, uh, to our guests, 
uh, Enrique. We thank everybody for listening and tuning in. Please, if you know anybody, grab their hands, talk to them. Let them know that they can talk to you because that simple conversation can change the direction and be pivotal in someone's life. So do that. Love each other. But more importantly, love God like you love yourself. Peace. Thank you.